0: So I want to give you a Christmas gift right now. All right? You ready for this? Here's my Christmas gift to you. When you get to your car after service, I want you to take your radio and turn the radio dial to 100.9. That is the Christmas station. Yeah? Yeah? Now, I know some of you are like Grinch and you hate Christmas music and bah humbug to you all if that's you. Okay? For me, I've been listening to Christmas music since October 10th. That's just the way I roll. And about this time when they change 100.9 from the oldie station, sorry, Dan, to the Christmas station. Hello, Kevin. I love that. I love it. That should be number one on your radio dial in your car. The Christmas station. I love because me and my kids, we love hearing the fun Christmas songs. You've got that song, uh, Mamacita. Donde esta Santa Claus? Anybody know that one? One of our favorites is this one. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. I'm singing in church. I never thought I would do this, but I'm singing on a microphone at church. We love hearing these fun songs. Jingle bells, Batman. No, that's the wrong one, but we love the fun songs. But I tell you why I love the Christmas station is because two or three times every hour, not only are you going to hear these fun songs, But across the airwaves to however many thousands of people listening to this Christmas station, you're going to hear the worship of Jesus. Because every hour they play a couple of these uh, carols that we are so familiar with. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. And whether people recognize it or not, All across Yakima, if you've got that airwave on, you are listening to worship of Jesus, and I love it. This December, in fact, we're going to be... Looking at Christmas carols. We're going to take some lessons from uh, some of the Christmas carols that we love. Oftentimes, when we look at these Christmas carols, these are familiar tunes. We sang these songs growing up, but when you look at the lyrics, they are so rich in truth. And so, we're going to take the month of December and look at a number of our favorite Christmas carols. Today, we're going to look at the carol, uh, the, the one that we sang second today O come, O come, Emmanuel. A little bit of of history about this Christmas carol. Uh, This Christmas carol is probably the oldest Christmas carol that we still sing today. It was written around 800 A.D. uh, by either an unnamed priest or monk. And so if you've realized, like we've been singing this song for 1,200 years. Uh, This song was actually put to the tune that we're so familiar with um, in 1851 by a guy by the name of, of Thomas Helmore. Where he took this tune that we're familiar with and he put it with an English translation. And that is where we have this song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And when we listen to those lyrics, I don't know if you paid attention. Um, I love these lyrics because they fit the tension of where we are for many of us in our life. They fit this tension of this already but, but not yet. You listen to these songs, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. You hear this refrain again and again, O Come, and then a name for God. O come, Emmanuel. O come, Dayspring. O come, Desire of Nations. And so every verse has this, O come, God. And then the refrain after every verse is, Rejoice, Rejoice, Emmanuel. See, this fits the reality of where we are in our situation in life. Where we live in between these two comings of Christ. Uh, in the Bible, there, there's, there's two times that God comes down to us. The first one is the one we're celebrating now. That's where Jesus comes as a baby to come and give his life as a ransom. We celebrate. That's already happened. That's why we celebrate Christmas. It's because Jesus came as God. But then there's the second coming that we're longing for. When God is going to make everything right in our world. Where he's going to right every wrong and, and fix every broken thing. And that's when he comes as a groom uh, coming for his bride, the church, which is us. And we live in this in-between stage where we've got this Jesus has already come and he's coming again, but he hasn't come yet. And we live in this tension. And I love it because that's this song. Oh, come God. Oh, come be in my life. I need you here and now. And there's also this rejoice because you are with us. So today... Uh, I'm going to ask you to open your Bible to uh, Matthew and Luke. Uh, That's the two places you're going to find the Christmas story. Uh, You want to don't know where to find it in your Bible, open up to about the middle of the Bible, uh, the New Testament. That's the book of Matthew. Uh, Luke will be there uh, a little bit after. Put your finger there. Uh, As we think about this song, O Come Come, Emmanuel, really the word I want to focus on uh, that is going to set the stage for this entire message is that word, Emmanuel. That idea of Emmanuel. And so I want to start out and just say, uh, I want you to be able to write this down. If you come into your Bible, write down, Emmanuel means this. It means God is with us. God with us. That is what Emmanuel means. God with us. Now, just thinking about that, how many of you ever prayed that prayer? Like, you're getting ready to go on a trip. You're going to travel. And you pray and say, hey, God, God, would you be with us? God, would you be with me? God, would you be with the kids in the back of the car so they don't kill each other? Some of you prayed that prayer. Some of you prayed the prayer, God, would you be with me so I don't have to pull the car over and do the kids myself? Some of you been there. You ever, you ever prayed that prayer? Um, maybe you're going to go Christmas shopping. God, would you be with me when I pull into Target, God? Uh, some of you, I know you prayed this prayer this week. God, would you be with me and help me find a parking spot at Target, right? Some of you pray this prayer and say, God, would you, would you be with me as I go on this blind date, Help this guy not be a psycho stalker that's going to stalk me. You teenagers, you pray this prayer and say, God, God, would you be with me as I get ready to take my final exams? Would you be with me as I take this test? How many of you have prayed this prayer? God, would you be with us? God, would you be with me? What does it mean when we pray that? What does it mean when we say, God, would you be with me? And that's what Matthew is going to tell us in Matthew chapter 1. In, in Matthew chapter 1, G, Matthew, in his telling of the, the birth of Jesus, he's going to get to the point where he's talking about the, the Virgin Mary. In verse 21, this is what Matthew writes. He says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. That is the good news of the gospel, right? Now, that, is, that is why Jesus came. He didn't come to make us feel good. He didn't come to fulfill all our wishes. He came to save us from our sin. That's the gospel message. That's what it's all about. And he continues in in verse 22, Matthew says, And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. And what Matthew's about to do is he's about to quote the Old Testament. He's about to quote the prophet Isaiah. Out of Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. And see, this is where when I read scripture, this is where I am blown away by God. I'm blown away by by the truth of God's word. Because 700 years before Jesus was even mentioned, 700 years before this event happened, Isaiah prophesied. He said, here's what's going to happen. And now, when Jesus is being born, that fulfillment is coming true, just like he was prophesied 700 years prior to that. And this is what it says, verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And what does that mean? God with us. See what's incredible about this is is if you were from the Old Testament times, you read the Old Testament, like they viewed God, God is so holy. Like we couldn't look on God in his purest sense and still live. If we looked on God, we would surely die because of how holy and righteous and perfect he is. In fact, Exodus chapter, um, Exodus chapter 34, there's a story where God passes in front of Moses. Remember what Moses does? Moses hides his face because he knows if he looks on God in his purest sense, he will surely die. In, in the temple, there's this place called the Holy of Holies. And this is a place where they said God resided. There was, this was such a holy place that nobody was allowed to go in there. Except for the high priest and only one time a year. In fact, when the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies, oftentimes they would tie a rope around his ankle. In case, as he goes into the presence of God, in case he falls down dead, they'd have a rope to pull him out. So he's not stuck in there. So they have this this righteous view of God's holiness. And suddenly Matthew writes and says, listen, God is with us. In fact, when we know the Christmas story, what is it that makes the shepherds go back into the fields rejoicing and praising and leaping for, for God? What is it that makes the wise men, these rich guys, these wise guys, what makes them fall down on their knees, fall down face first and worship the baby Jesus? It's not that God is some distant God. It's not that God's on his throne uh, playing on his phone while we're down here figuring out life on ourselves. It's the fact that the creator of the universe, the sustainer of the universe, God himself is a relational God. And he stripped himself of glory to come down to the earth to be with us. Gospel of John chapter 1, it says it like this. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And verse 14, and the Word became flesh, and he dwelt among us. That is God in the flesh, Emmanuel, Jesus born in a manger. And Matthew is saying this to us today. Listen, God is with you. God was always with you, and God will always be with you. And listen, that is the best news that any of us can hear today. God is with you. Now, the reality of it, I know sometimes we struggle to believe that. Like, we hear this, okay, God is with me. And some of you in here today, I, I recognize this. Some of you are, are investigating God. You're not quite sure what to make of this whole God thing. You're like, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to search and find answers. Listen, if that's where you are, listen, you're going to struggle to believe that God's with you. Listen, that's okay. That's where you I'm glad you're here today. Some of you, you're like, well, I'm already a Christian. But you know... I just, I don't really have that tingly feeling. Like, I don't have the goosebumps. So, I, like, I don't really feel that God is with me right now. Some of you, some of you, you're going through a difficult season. Christmas time often becomes a magnifier. Where things that are good, Christmas magnifies them. and makes them really good. But also, if there's pain, Christmas often magnifies the pain. So, for some of you, you've got the empty chair that was filled time passed. Maybe someone's died. Maybe there's been the divorce. Maybe there's been some issue as to why there's that empty chair. Some of you, you've got relational tension. You're thinking about Christmas and thinking, man, Uncle Don's going to do that same thing. He's going to nail the Christmas presents to the ceiling and it's going to be horrible again. And You've got the relational tension that you know is coming. Some of you have a health issue going on and you're just feeling the weight of the season and you're thinking, man, where's God? Where's God in this? Some of you, your life is a mess. And honestly, you've got shame. You're thinking, why would would God want to be with somebody like me? Listen, I don't know where you are today. But I want to convince you from God's word. I want you to hear again and and again and again that Jesus is Emmanuel. God with you. God has always been with you. And he always will be with you. That is the whole thing we have to understand, is that God is with you today. God has always been with you, and God will always be with you. Those three thoughts, we're going to take them individually uh, this morning. The first one, God is with you. Luke chapter 1, I asked you to turn to Luke chapter 1, flip over there. Uh, Verse 28 uh, is where we're going to look at. Luke chapter 1, the angel appears to the Virgin Mary. And the angel says, greetings. I love that the, the angel's polite, like, hello, friend. The angel says, Greeting, oh favored one. The Lord is is what? The Lord is with you. See, what what, what is about to happen is the angel is about to ask Mary to do something incredibly difficult, incredibly hard, to change the course of her life. And here's the one truth that the angel gives to encourage Mary. He says, Listen, I'm gonna ask you to do this, but I want you to know first. God is with you. I want you to know first and foremost, the most important thing, God is with you. Like I don't, I don't know about some of you. Maybe some of you are in a season of life where you're hurting right now. There's that, that difficulty. And I want, you, I want you to know that God is with you in a very powerful way. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, it describes God as a comforter. That he is the God of comfort. And as we we think about all of our trials, uh, when we think about the difficulty in our place, listen, scripture says that God comforts us, that God holds us, that he ministers to us in the middle of our suffering and in our difficulty. Listen, I recognize that there's many of us who struggle to, to, to accept that. But if we would just believe God's word, And not just have this mental, okay, that's what God's word says, but if we would believe it in our heart that God is with us, it would completely change the way that we live. If we understood and believed that truth in our heart, man, God is with me. Let me paint that picture for you and show you an example of what that means. A couple years ago, we had the chance to take the kids on a pilgrimage to go see the mouse. Our first time taking all the kids to go see the mouse. We get there and we're going through Disneyland, Disney World, wherever we were. And uh, we're walking. And on this side right here, Buzz Lightyear is there. He's got a backdrop. You can take pictures with him. And guess what? There's no line. Now, when you go anywhere, Disney, if there's no line, you jump in, right? So I'm like, hey, kids, go get up there with Buzz Lightyear. Oliver was about four years old. He's our youngest. And he's hesitant. He doesn't want to go up there. He starts crying. I'm like... Man, the kid's afraid of Buzz Lightyear. I mean, he's got a mask on. Who knows who he is? So I'm I'm a good dad, right? So I walk up. I give Buzz a big hug, pat him on the back. I want Oliver to understand, look, he's friendly. And then I turn around and I flex. Like, yeah, right here. Because I want Oliver to know, like, Buzz, if he's friendly, look, you can hug him. It's okay. But if he's not, I can still beat him up. If he's not, listen, dad's with you, and I will beat him up. Listen, boy, I tell this boy, we didn't pay all this money for you not to get the picture with with Buzz. You get over there right now. Like, that's how it works. But I want my kids to know, listen, when dad's with you, man, you got it. When dad's with you, you can do anything. Nothing can stop you. Dad's with you. And here's that connection. That the God of the universe, the all-knowing, the all-powerful, the ever-present God is with you. And if we believe that, that changes everything. That changes everything. That means when you're lost and you don't know where to go, listen, you have a guide in Jesus. That means when you're, when you're hurting, when you feel alone, listen, you have a friend in Jesus. That means in the middle of the trial, the middle of the difficulty of life, you have a comforter in Jesus. That means when you're sick and broken, you have a healer in Jesus. That means when you are weak and you don't feel like you can go on anymore, you have strength through Jesus. That means when you are lost in your sin, you have a Savior, Jesus, and that is good preaching right there. That is what it means that we have God with us, Emmanuel. And it changes everything because God is with us. It changes how we live because he is Emmanuel, God with us. Number two we learn that God was with us, has always been with us. You ever notice where sometimes when you're thinking about God, sometimes it's almost easier to see God in the rearview mirror than it is in the present time. Sometimes that's just the way it is. You look back and you kind of like the story of, of Joseph from the Old Testament. This is not the same Joseph and Mary. Uh, this is Joseph from the Old Testament. Joseph with a little was a little boy with big dreams. He was going to be a great leader. But, Joseph also had a bunch of brothers, and his brothers were like, "Ha ha, you're you're the youngest. Uh, you're a little punk. There's no way that's going to happen to you." And so the brothers take the, the take the little brother. They throw him in a pit. Like, we'll leave him there for die. Leave him there to, for death. Then one of the nice brothers says, "Well, that's our brother. We shouldn't leave him there to die. Why don't we instead sell him into slavery? That's a much better idea because I'm the nice brother." All the brothers are like, "All right, let's do it." They they sell him into slavery. And he lives with integrity in slavery, but then becomes ac- accused of doing some some wrong to uh, the slave owner's wife. Gets thrown into prison. You look at the story of Joseph, and you begin to wonder, man, where's where's God in the middle of that? Where's God in the trials? Genesis chapter thirty nine, verse twenty one tells us where God was. But the Lord was with Joseph. See. We know that story. We can look behind the scenes. And we know that that pit was actually a passage to the palace where Joseph eventually becomes the second in charge of all of Egypt, the greatest nation in the world at that time. He becomes a second in command. And that, that, that pit, that difficulty uh, became a process for indirect route for Joseph to become a leader that would eventually save thousands of people from a famine that's going to hit on the land. And we can look back and we can see, listen, all those circumstances that happened to Joseph, God was with him the whole time. God was orchestrating things to bring about the desired result that he would be the leader. Now, you ever look back at your life and just look for those little God moments? Those times that, man, God was with me then. I mean, it just gets me emotional when I think about those God moments in my life. Think about, as a one-year-old, I got taken away from my biological family, me and my siblings, and put in the foster system. Like, that's terrible. How difficult for a little boy to be taken from that. you know what? God was in the middle of that. We got adopted into a family who loved us. I had a mom and dad who loved loved me with all of their hearts. God was with me through that. Think about Think about uh, in high school, I dated this curly-haired girl, beautiful little girl. Uh, we were probably both a little bit unhealthy at the time. We probably shouldn't have been dating, but we were. Uh, and uh, in May of 2000, she had an aunt who died in a tragic car accident. Uh, left a teenage daughter behind. And again, you look at that and like, man, where, where's God in that? Like, how, how horrible. How horrible for that family to have to go through. Do you know, a couple days later after that tragic car accident, There was a funeral, and the gospel was preached at that funeral. And there were countless people who gave their life to Jesus that day, whose lives were changed because they heard the gospel at this funeral. One of those people who heard the gospel at that funeral is me. The reality of it, God was with them in that circumstance. And and, and countless people gave their life to Christ. And I can look up here and I can say, listen, Restoration Church doesn't exist if I don't go to the funeral and if I don't hear the gospel that day. Listen, God was with that family that day. Thinking about uh, my wife and I, I ended up marrying that curly-haired girl. Imagine that. Uh, We end up uh, being a young family, growing family, lots of kids, and Uh, We were at that season of life where we're living more on love than we are um, on money, right? Some of you have been there. You're hanging on by by love. We're there. And we had a season where the car broke down again. We had no emergency fund. Uh, I don't know if we had a credit card or not. If we did, it was not much on it. And we're like, man, what are we going to do? How are we going to get through this? We've got all these kids. We've got to feed. We've got things. And we had a couple mentors, a couple who mentored us. And they happened to sell their house. And they gave us a, a gift and said, we want to bless you with this. And we're like, what for? Because we love you. Listen, God was with us as our provider. Again and again and again, I can look back and say, man, God has always been with me. He's done these things along the way. In the church, we've seen all sorts of little things where God just just has always been with us. Uh, we, had, we had a drummer uh, with us for a couple of years. Or he was here with us for a year or something in the early stages of the church. And uh, the only drummer we had, a good guy, good young couple. And he decides, hey, we're going to move to Alaska. Who wants to move to Alaska? It's like, I'm going to take my wife. We're going to move up to Alaska. And I'm like, we have no drummer. Now, I stress over those little things. I stress over them. And I'm like, what are we going to do? But you know what? At just the right time, God brought this, this little guy named Adam. Adam starts playing the drum. Adam finds Jesus. His life has changed. Listen, I can look back and say, man, God has always been with me. God has been with me every step of the way. God orchestrates these little God moments where you can look back and say, man, God had this all along. What were the God moments in your life? Can you look back and think, man, yeah, that's where God got me through this. That's where God, this could have destroyed me. This could have bankrupted me, but God was there. I could have died in this moment. Hey, look, God was there. Listen, I know you go through life and it's difficult. I I still deal with the uh, feelings of being adopted. There's still the pain of death. There's still the uncertainty and stress of life. But I can stand up here today and I can say, I know without a shadow of a doubt that God is with me. That God has always been with me. That God is with you and God has always been with you. And number three, no matter what you go through, God will always be with you. I mean, think about, think about the angel coming to Mary, saying, Mary, this is what I'm asking you to do. Now, if, if Mary could have seen into the future, if she could have been at that moment, the angel comes, listen, God is with you. If she could have looked into the future, she would see that God was always going to be with her. That, that when she goes to tell Joe, hey, Joe, guess what? I'm having a baby. She would look and see, man, God was with me. God will be with me there. When, when the angel comes to tell Joseph, listen, she's not lying. She's telling the truth. Listen, she's going to see God's going to be with her there. She's going to see when, when th- that God's going to be with them as they travel to Bethlehem to be taxed. She's going to see, listen, God's going to be with me when I give birth to, to baby Jesus and lay him in a manger. She could look in the future and see God's going to be with us as we run off to Egypt to hide from King Herod who wants to kill baby Jesus. She's going to look into the future and see when Jesus is 12 and he gets lost for three days and she finds him teaching the scribes and the Pharisees in the temple. She's going to see, listen, God's going to be with me then. She can look into the future and see, listen, God's going to be with me in John chapter 2. where they are at the wedding feast and Jesus performs the first of many miracles of turning that water into wine. She's going to look into the future and say, man, God's going to be with me when I watch my son Jesus be falsely accused and persecuted. She's going to look into the future and say, listen, God's going to be with me. But my son is nailed to the cross to suffer and take the punishment for the sins of the world. She's going to look in the future and, and see that God is going to be with her. When she, cry, when she hears him cry, it is finished. When the whole earth goes dark and the earth trembles and shakes, she's going to look in the future. And see that God's going to be with her on that first night when she weeps in grief over the loss of her son. She's going to look in the future and see God's going to be with her on that second night where she waited and wondered. She's going to look in the future and see God's going to be with her on that third day. The stone is rolled away and that tomb is empty. Because he is Emmanuel. God with us right now. The God who has always been with us in the past. And the God who will be with us. No matter what we go through. The apostle Paul. Says it like this in Romans chapter 8. He says. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ. Go ahead and throw that. Screen at that, that verse up there. Zach. Romans 8. It's gone. Okay. Romans chapter 8, here's what Romans chapter 8 says. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? You can go ahead and answer that. No. Shall distress? No. Shall persecution? No. Shall famine? No. Shall nakedness? No, I I don't know why he put nakedness in this text. That seems weird, but no, nakedness will not separate you from the love of Christ. Shall danger? No. Shall the sword? No. And he says in verse 38, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Not your fears, not your doubts, not your insecurities, not your theological questions, not the things you can't explain, not your brokenness, not your failures, not your mistakes, not any sickness, not your divorce, not things, other things other people have done to you, not your broken dreams, nothing will separate you from the love of God. Revelation chapter 1, Jesus said this about himself. He said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. The one who is, the one who was, and the one who is to come. That even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear any evil. Why? Because Jesus is Emmanuel. God with us. There's no questions about it. It is settled. It is written in ink. There's no doubt. God is with you. God has always been with you. God will always be with you. But the question we have to deal with is this. Are you with God? If God is with you, the question is, are you with God? Listen, he's promised to be with you. He said, I am Emmanuel. I am with you to reveal you, reveal to you my love, to reveal to you my character, my goodness. He's a relational God who came to reveal himself to you, to forgive you of your sin so you can know him, so you can serve him, so you don't have to be alone. But are you with him? Have you given your life to him? Have you dedicated your life to him? Can you actually sing the song? Sing the lyrics from that song. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Oh, come, God, work in my marriage. Oh, come, God, be with me in my workplace. Oh, come, God, be with me in my addiction. Oh, come, God, be with me in my family. Oh, come, God, be with me this Christmas. Is that your prayer? you sing that refrain in that song? Rejoice. Rejoice. Emmanuel, God, you are with me. God, I'm going to understand it all, but God, I see your hand in my life. If he is who he says he is, requires us to live a certain way. To say, God, I'm going to follow you. God, I'm going to surrender my life to you. live the way that you ask me to live. Because you are Emmanuel, the God who is with you, the God who has always been with you, the God who will always be with you no matter where you go. And that's something to celebrate.